Hi, everyone. It's Dana just taking care of the announcements up top again this week. First off, uh, heads up, this episode's a little bit shorter, uh, just due to the nature of our recording schedule and what time we had available. Also, for similar reasons, we weren't able to record a mingling specifically for this episode. Uh, what we did instead was record one for episode 12 and 13 together. That's uh, about double the length. And that will be coming out on the week after episode 13 comes out, so about three weeks from now. Also, you might notice uh, that we have a kick-ass looking new logo that I'm super happy about. And all of the credit to that goes uh, to Elliot Leung of Art of the Draws on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll have links to their work in the show notes. Super fantastic graphic designer, um, friend of the show. I can't recommend them enough if you need a logo for a project company, whatever uh, you're doing, show. They did a fantastic job for us, and I'm very confident they'll do a fantastic job for you too. Another little plug that sort of also doubles as self-promotion is that the second season of the alternate history sci-fi podcast, Out of Place, is out now, the first episode, and it is produced by Midnight Disease, who all of us on the show have worked for in some capacity at some point. And also exciting is that the sound design, editing, and music are done by yours truly. It is fantastically written, uh, extremely well acted, and I've been super happy to get to work on it and help bring it to life, and I'm very proud of how it's turned out so far. So go check that out. We'll have links to that in the show description as well. All right, and also I am going to be taking over for Chris this week on just reading the patrons. So humongous thank you to all of you who support the show, including Sarah Royer, Zach724, Kenneth Shaughnessy, The Sosuke, Stephen Jennings, SCP Archives, Robo Ghost World, Miss Chaotic Evil, Morgan Coburn, Tommy Fitzpatrick, The Bat Sammy, Cinder Soul, Hashtag Team Slurpee, Dwayne Megacy, Hope Von Guten, Nick, S. Lee, Demoncrat Talia, Christopher Walker, and Gideon Eveling. Thank you all so much for your support. I uh, can't wait to put more content out, bonus and otherwise for you all. And yeah, uh, next episode should be out on July 6th. Should be another really good one. Super excited for you all to see where this narrative takes us next. It's been so much fun. These last few sessions we've recorded, they've been so great. So I'll see you all then. Talk to you all later. Bye. The following podcast contains material which may not be suitable for all listeners. Full content warnings are available in the show notes. Previously on Meddling with Monsters. But like everyone, you know, everyone's first time is special. I remember mine. His name was Jimmy Garbanzo, and he was a Bigfoot. Dude. That's a joke, dude. Every, any monster hunter where if their shit knows Bigfoot's not real. Jimmy was a Mothman, actually. Um, totally different thing. And if you go to Lookout Point and you stand up and you pick a good day, you can actually see seven states from on top of it. An arm reaches out and grabs Dane's arm, and Dane struggles for a sec. And then that black coal appearance, it starts to spread onto Dane's arm. Shit. And then it spreads across the rest of Dane's body. And suddenly, in a shockingly fast amount of time, Dane is turned head to toe into a humanoid figure made of coal. And then the hand, with no resistance now from Dane, or perhaps what was Dane, gets yoinked into the tunnel, and then the tunnel closes behind both of them.
The American Civil War, like many wars, has been heavily romanticized. Emotional narratives about battles for freedom or brothers against brothers sell better than the messiness of reality. And so they are what has persisted. A more honest and blunt appraisal of events can be found in the words of Prussian General Helmuth von Moltke, who once claimed that the war was merely two armed mobs chasing each other across the country. The two mobs have met again in force for a pivotal confrontation. The site of the battle, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Here we find you, Dane, though, just as previously, you are not in the midst of the bloodbath, but instead securing a strategic position on the periphery. Union Intel believes that Confederate forces will be launching an assault on Little Round Top, hoping to break the Union's left flank. Your superiors in the Army's OP, Occult and Paranormal Division, also believe the Confederates are looking to transport a powerful weapon of some kind, one that is not entirely natural in its construction. Your orders, Dane, are to intercept this division before they can make it up the hill, dispatch of them with extreme prejudice, and secure the weapon they are transporting. The air is tense as you wait for signs of the enemy, and you are eager to get to work. What do you do? Well, Dane is uh, crouched, sword in hand, poking at rocks and dirt and everything, and continues looking out waiting for the moment they grumble to themselves and then they call out to a familiar figure mm, i hope we get this done and over with i want to make it to the front lines stupid uh, shit all right please quit making so much noise kicking rocks around like that you're gonna ruin my beauty sleep and underneath a tree, his eyes closed, his legs crossed under the shade, is your person from a past life, as you have previously termed him in the present, O'Connell. <laughs> Dane will stand up and turn to face him. I don't know how you can sleep in a time like this. Uh, you know, you gotta catch your rest. Catch your rest when you can. Bit of an action-packed time out there. <laughs> For people like us, we have plenty of time to rest after it's all done. I am tired of waiting. For what's all done? <laughs> you think this is going to mark the end of something? No. But we can clear the way for the other people to do their work. So, quick question for you, Dane. You know, the last time we yeah. saw you and O'Connell together would have been the 1700s in the Revolutionary War. Have mm -hmm. you two met or interacted much? since then it would i would imagine for dane it would be hard not to um dane does like being alone but like knowing that there's somebody out there like him that he hasn't had to kill or um really like you know be an enemy of somebody that's an ally um dane would inevitably occasionally seek them out either just to practice or see if there's other work and stuff that they've discovered because dane lives mostly in the woods and um just seeing if uh, if O'Connell has uh, more ties to the to the 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 society that Dane would. So, um, but yeah, they'd probably meet over like barbecue 
if that exists. I mean, I don't know when barbecue. <laughs> I don't know started. that barbecue exists. Just when did, yet, I don't know when it started, but the closest equivalent to barbecue, sure. a roast, a bonfire, a will, if you will, ale, yes. ale and steak. <laughs> How do you like your steak raw? God. <laughs> when you say that whole bit about you know we can clear the way for others to do their work, he sort of lets out a little bit of a groan and a laugh at the same time, like ugh, like. You know, I really, really hoped sometime in the last century you would have gotten some of that idealist nonsense out of your head already. I mean, I recognize that it's not as clear-cut as I would like. We still owe it to try. Ugh. Why exactly? I don't know. I have to think there's a reason why we're like this. Not just to hurt people. Mm. Or maybe to hurt the right people. Who exactly are the right people? People who enslave others. And do cruel and evil things. Alright, so you're fighting... <laughs> God, you really haven't made any changes in the last hundred years. You're still fighting for freedom again, aren't you? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Alright, big guy, I love you, but let me spell something out very, very plain and simple for you. Um, you know, this this side that you're, you're fighting the whole big, big freedom, right? Do, do you know what the leader of your side thinks about that cause? Do you know? Do you know what he said? The 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 whole great emancipator bullshit. He's no, he's he's published it. He's not even trying to hide it. He's saying that he'll preserve the union if he can free all the slaves, if he can free some of the slaves and not others, if he can free none. Of them. He doesn't give a fucking shit about them. Let me let me explain to you how this is working. Now, now he points. I guess question: Are y'all? Y'all probably aren't wearing union uniforms, right? It's again kind of a covertish sort of thing. Yeah, we're wearing like uh, civilian clothes. Yeah. So. As I think he gestures just up, kind of up beyond the hill to where you know the rest of the army is now. So those guys up there, they want to be free from the whole idea of slavery simply because it's not profitable for them at this point anymore. Now the guys down there, and he gestures down, you know, just vaguely to where the Confederate army would be located. It's still profitable for them, so they want to keep it going. And that's really, that's really all there is to it. But if you, if you fix all this, sure, maybe you'll, you know, move the meter over a notch or two if that's really so important to you, but you're not, it's not gonna really change anything. So why do you keep fighting? And they don't, like you said, you're, they're not even letting you be on the front lines. They don't give a shit about you either. Why are you doing all this? I have to think that something I'm doing is worth it. And see, there's, there's the thing on that front is that can absolutely be true. It's just that, like, it's not going to be for any of these idealist notions like I told you to. It's just going to be, I told you, there's nothing better than a good fight. And the sooner you get that knocked into your head, the easier all this is going to be. I mean, I agree. I enjoy your fight just as much as you do. I just... It feels indulgent. Oh, it absolutely is. Why is that a problem? I don't know. 
Oh, it's all right. You'll learn eventually, don't worry. I used to be a little bit like you, if you can believe that. At that point, you know, as you sort of lost the argument a little bit for simply not having a defense, you sense, it's again that kind of hair on the back of your neck sort of sensation of you get the sense that some threat that maybe you can't see for some reason or another is encroaching on the two of you. Hmm. Something's getting close. How about it? Dane will scan, looking around for whatever. Roll me a read a bad situation. Seven. You get to ask me one question. What dangers haven't we noticed yet? Yeah, you all are kind of waiting on the hill. I'll give you a little bit of extra background here. You know that the, I forget, I think it's General Hooks, maybe is his name, the Confederate general, he's going to be leading a whole division up this way relatively soon. You haven't seen their presence yet, but you've been warned by your sort of superiors, you know, that are more in the know on all of this, that they might be sending an advanced unit with this weapon they're talking about. And what you kind of see, you're looking and you see somewhere off in the distance, you, at first you think it's just like a mirage from the heat, but you see what looks like a shimmer, like like something is distorting the light headed up the hill towards you. Dane will subtly point in that direction. Something hot or something magic. Oh, given our line of work, I'm going to go with something magic. Does that seem about right to you? Could be both. That's a true that is in fact a possibility do you want to take this one first do i owe you for the last time hmm. i'll give them a second and then i'll hit them from the front if any try to escape pick them off all right so is the plan here you're going to try to wait a little bit and then just charge them from the front ambush them when they get close because dane doesn't want to do anything without knowing at this point, uh, he's just a little bit more, um, after having worked with Econel, a little bit more aware of the stuff that they fight yes. and intelligent. Yep. So just only a little bit. <laughs> so Dane's going to wait for them to get closer. And depending on what he sees or what is going on, he may end up changing things. But that is the plan. Just wait for them to come closer and then ambush them. Okay, is it fair to say that you can roll kick some ass here? Because they are going to keep sure. going until it's time for you to launch yeah. your trap. Okay, give that a shot then. Uh, that would put me at a nine. Now, you're acting on the intel you got from read about situations. So you can take an extra plus one, correct? Oh, it'd be a ten then. Excellent. So you get to add one extra effect uh, from that list. I would like to force them where I want them, which is right into the pincer attack of O'Connell and Dane. <laughs> The way that I envision this, if you're okay with this, because it sort of fits your respective fighting styles and personalities, is Dane is going to be the one pushing them forward, like going head on, and then O'Connell's probably going to hit them from the side. Is oh, that, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I envisioned that. You go up, and did you just charge at this thing? At the shape? Basically, yeah, draws sword and goes full monster, and as soon as he has the opportunity, he's going to run towards them like a demon. Yes, so you run, and then fairly quickly, the illusion or whatever it was drops, and you see a group of about five men, uh, four of whom are carrying a box, almost like a... 
it doesn't look 100% like a coffin, but the way they're carrying it is almost like pallbearers on a coffin. It's a vampire. I'm fighting a vampire. No, I'm joking. <laughs> they are kind of like a little bit unnervingly pale, I suppose. And they're wearing cloaks that are a little bit similar. If you, how, I don't know how good Dane's memory is at this point, but maybe if you, you would probably recall the important stuff, maybe look a little bit similar to the ones that you saw. Back in the Revolutionary War. In the cave and everything, yep. Um, the one who's in the front seems like he was the one holding the spell. Um, and then it drops. And just to kind of expedite this, play a little loosey-goosey, I do think you take him out, right? Like, yes. how, how, do you, how do you take him out? Uh, Spellcaster first for pure efficiency, sword through the chest, presumably where the heart is, and throw them away <laughs> like a used doll. The other four drop the box and it lands on the ground with a thud and they seem to be readying themselves to face you. And then from the side, <laughs> you hear O'Connor go, hey, over here. And one of them turns and he just does his signature move of poking the guy right in the eyes again. And he's just on a couple other of them. He dispatches like a couple of them. There's a couple left. Um, there's two that face you down. One of the hooded figures, he seems to be readying like some type of fireball type spell. And then the other though, he does something interesting. He's wearing um, a cross necklace. He's a big guy around his cloak. He has this necklace with a decently sized cross on it. And when he sees that things are going down, he grabs that cross in his hand, rips it off the necklace and breaks it. And then he breaks the cross over his leg. And when that happens, this strange sort of phantasmal thing comes out of it, goes down his throat, and then he starts glowing and his entire body grows. His head turns translucent, his skull starts to glow, and he's this like very, very intimidating, large, semi-translucent skeletal ghost man. <laughs> Dane, looking at the size, will quietly sheathe the sword, crack their knuckles. Oh, yeah. This is more my speed. When you say that, a fireball hits you like right across the face and you take a couple arms from that. Yeah, but just like a date and it like gets hit in the face and just fucking like laid out across the dirt. Okay, you're dying first. <laughs> yes. And in fact, I'm like, again, we're kind of expediting this, so we play a little loose with the rules. How do you, like, go after that guy? Oh, Dane's gonna run forward, jump on them like a rabid dog, and tear off their throat, and then... With his teeth? With his, like, normal teeth. Yeah. Do you have the mouths at this point? Yeah, you do, don't you? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. I just don't have as many. Okay, yes, critical. You jump on him, and you do manage to, like, get him out before he can get off another spell. However, as you're tearing him down, you feel a big hand grab your back, and you just get shocked across, and I think slammed into the tree that O'Connell was sitting under, and you see the big, big guy is just yeah. running at you, juggernaut style. What do you do now? The day and kind of, like, collecting themselves from being smacked in the tree. We'll look at the tree. as big a branch or even the tree if he can and try and bring it crashing down on the juggernaut. So, yeah, okay. Um, you bring it down, slam it on top of him, and it definitely catches him. Like, I think you feel like you probably have... Like, any normal person, you would have just crushed him. Maybe you've kind of, yeah. like, popped his shoulder out uh, on his right yeah. side. And so he, he gives out a big, like... And then he comes at us. I'm gonna get you there. And he swings his big arm around and he just grabs your face and just smashes it again and again and again into the tree. Okay. What do you do to counter that? He'll take the sword out and when he goes to like slam him against the ground, he'll 
place it out in front so when he slams it he stabs himself in the hand yes like, and if, if dane can't get a good look he's gonna do it right through like through his own like chest right ever to get a good hit on the hand mm, yes yes absolutely now i think you do the chest thing uh just to make it extra badass yeah just extra just extra shit yeah and you do that and he like falls back he screams out in pain and you actually notice that he is starting to glow a little bit more and like a little bit more erratically. And there's a little bit of a look of nervousness in his eyes when you do that. Dane's gonna take advantage of that. Yoink the sword out of his chest. <sighs> Not so confident now, are we? And Dane will go in and start stabbing stuff as much as he can, feet toes, hands, or whatever he can get access to and yeah. try and scale this thing so he can gouge some eyes out or whatever. He lets out a And as you're stabbing now, every time that you stab him, a glowing sort of phantasmal thing that looks like one of the spirits he sort of ate is coming out. And as you stab and stab and stab, they start leaking out. And eventually you realize as you're stabbing, there's not much more to stab. And you see that his body is almost empty now. It's like a skin suit <laughs> um, as all, all right. of the ghosts have just evacuated and when his body falls as it falls out of sight you actually see o'connell coming back up the hill i thought about helping out there when i saw your face getting smashed in but it seemed like you were having fun so i figured i'd let you finish him off fun in quotations <laughs> yeah. yeah it was fun and just mm. <laughs> Dane kind of like feeling the fresh wound from his own sword in his yes. chest. Yeah. Yeah. I like them when they're big. Yeah, I know. That's why I let you two go at it for a while. It was getting a little bit boring, but thankfully you finished him off quicker rather than later. Motomoto likes you. <laughs> 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 yes. Thank you, Chris. And then O'Connell looks past you and is like, oh, shit. And do, do you turn to see what he's looking at? Yeah. Maybe you're expecting to see more soldiers or, you know, the rest of the Confederate division supposed to head up this way. Instead, what you see is a Union soldier, a probably barely old enough to not be a boy, probably 18 maybe, and he's staring there, eyes just wide with fear at what he's just witnessed. Oh, oh, what a bummer. We're not supposed to leave any witnesses. And he just begins casually strolling up to where the young man is, his claws still out. And Dane will follow and just loud enough for O'Connell to hear it. Like, O'Connell, you don't have to do this. Oh, I know, but this one's free and I want to. They're just a kid. All right, that'll be less of a struggle then. We're not supposed to, like, you know how, you know what the rules are. We've done this before. I know, but this is, this is different. Look, if you don't want to do it, don't look. I'll be back in a bit. You are not going to convince him with words. Oh, yeah. What do you do? And at this point, the kid, he starts to realize maybe what's about to happen. He, he's sort of frozen with fear, but he's starting to get back to his senses. And he turns and stumbles, and he's trying to get up to run. Of course, you know he stands no chance if O'Connell wants to kill him. Yeah. Dane will... Oh, boy. What, 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 does, what does this version of Dane do? Yeah. Dane will put a hand on O'Connell's shoulder. Let me talk to them first. Just instinctively, when you reach on his shoulder, he whips his claws around and just slashes at you. Okay. You know how the rules work. Do not get in the way of me and my job and my fun. 
of like at this averts their eyes and just make it quick um he does perhaps not as quick as uh he could Dane does not watch yeah this is interesting. I expected you to try to stop him. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's at this point with how O'Connell has been talking and stuff and with the stuff that happened earlier. Dane is also not certain that with his current state after getting the shit kicked out of him by the giant boy that he, he would, would be, be in a state yeah. to stop O'Connell. Okay. If he tries to attack O'Connell, O'Connell will not let him live. I hope right. O'Connell is still it's, alive in the present so yeah, I can kill him. It, Please. It's more so at this point. It's just kind of like a... It, it's a, it's more of a continuation of the conversation earlier in Dane not knowing what the answer in this yeah, situation is. Yeah, so. especially that line. I may kind of improvise that, but he said like we've done this before, which I imagine probably you know it's probably been someone you could justify more. But I, is that fair? That that? Yeah, yeah. Like before, it's been like, you know, like uh, people that you know have lived their lives and everything but in this case dana's like this this is this is this is the young this is too young for me o'connell comes back he's got a little bit of blood on his clothes and he sort of looks disdainfully at that that's one thing i will say if you've met with him he has a little bit of vanity to him um he you know doesn't he he doesn't necessarily love getting his hands dirty ironically enough given that that is his whole entire ability um and he strides back and he has a look of, like if someone ruins a good meal you're about to have. Yeah. Um, and he strides back and he looks very like, he has to look up at you, but in terms of who is in charge of the situation, I don't think oh, it's yeah. you. <laughs> no. No, I'm going to tell you something very plain and simple this time. You want to believe all that idealist bullshit? You go fucking ahead, but you do not interfere with my job. Do you understand that? Crystal. Good. I'm sure we'll get along swimmingly from here on out. <laughs> and you hear a voice from behind you say, Are you two boys uh you two boys done fighting over there? Dane will turn regretfully, turn us back to O'Connell. <laughs> Fucking hell. You see a, a man in a black suit and a little black bowler hat. Uh, you recognize him as one of the folks from the OP division that you've worked with before. In fact, do you mind can you give me a name? I have not come up with a name for this person. first name that came to me, my name was Charles. But. Okay, you know, his name is, and I think his name is just, you'd never have gotten a last name. It's yeah, just it's been just Charles. Charles. Charles strides up. Oh, well, it looks like you uh, made another mess of things. We'll have to get this uh, cleaned up. And then he looks, and he looks over at the box, strides over to it and begins expecting it. And he actually sees a dent where it's been dropped and he, uh, opens it up, peeks inside. Do you try to look inside while he does this? He's trying to do it somewhat discreetly. Dane is a little curious at this point, so he'll take a peek. Okay, roll investigative mystery. This is kind of fun. Hey, hey, that's actually fairly good. I think that's a, a nine. Okay, so you get to ask me one question then, if that's the case. Dane is curious. What can it do? What can this box, what is, whatever's inside this box, what can it do? What is inside if... the box? So not what can the box do, what is, in, what is inside it do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually think that you're not going to get a look inside the box, but he's going to say something which is going to imply it. Um, because if, if you see right. what you're going to be answering, what sort of creature is it if you look inside it? So I'm going to tweak this a little bit then. He, as Fair you enough. see him, comes over. He closes the box. And he says, oh, well, you're, you boys are lucky there. Um, if this had gone belly up, uh, Mr. Spinfidge would have had all of our heads, probably. Um, and 
as he does that. So as well, you know, all that aside, I want to thank you boys. You've done, uh, you've done a great service for your country. This, uh, what's in this box, and he taps it, is gonna probably really help turn the tide of the war and future conflicts as well. It's, uh, it's quite powerful. Atom bomb! <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why. Mid-Atlantic accents didn't quite come in through this, but this is just sort of my attempt at a vague northern thing. Um, and, uh... <laughs> so, um, what happens is, and Charles, Charles is an enigmatic character, who, who knows where he's from, um... Time traveler. Yeah, maybe. And so, what you have gathered, maybe from some of the fact that, uh, they, you know, the Confederates wanted to transport it, the Union wanted it, A, it's, a, it's some kind of weapon, that, that was obvious. Yeah. The fact that the folks looked like some of the ones you'd maybe seen before suggests that perhaps you don't know if what's inside the box is another, you know, humanoid or whatever, because you didn't get to see it, but it suggests that it was something they had to set up that would have um, been, once prepared, been a very, very powerful weapon. The guy that you fought, right, the big ghosty guy, mm -hmm. actually was going to give you a little bit of a run for your money. The Union is overall better equipped in every department than the Confederates, including this one, in terms of, like, supernatural stuff. Right. So if they were going to put out, you know, one of their apparently tougher guys to protect it, it must be really powerful <laughs> enough that it would turn the tide more so than yep. dane and o'connell have been so yep exactly okay well, i mean that's enough for dane just be okay. like hmm, that's a thing i don't want to fuck with and then charles does takes his hat off and tosses it on the ground and he actually grabs a few more out of a out of a bag grabs a few more hats tosses them on the ground and quickly out of the ground emerge four other charleses <laughs> And the other four Charleses, uh, along with uh, Charles Prime, gather up the box and begin uh, taking it away. All right, I imagine I'll be seeing more of you boys at some point. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, do try to get this mess taken care of. Dane looking at the mess. Yeah, sure. O'Connell does a dramatic bow as Charles leaves, and as when Charles turns his back, O'Connell just holds up a long middle finger. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he turns back. All right. Um, let's take care of this. And also, you might want to get that looked at. Uh, I'd apologize, but you fucking deserved it. And he gestures to your hand, which where he has slashed you. Yeah, again, my other your left hand. hand. Your left hand is cut. Uh, again, along the center. And it is on that that we will cut, because boy, howdy, that was a long scene, as good as it was. Oh, boy. Oh, baby. I think Cassandra's the obvious place to start here, right? I think so. Cassandra, you are standing by what is now, again, a sheer cliffside where once there was a tunnel. Your best friend is possibly dead on the other side of it. How are you feeling? Jesus Christ. Um, Cassandra's frozen in place, just kind of staring at the staring at the cliff wall, mouth open, trying to process what happened. Yeah. Dang, dog. Good place to start. <laughs> what conclusions did you come to, my friend? Oh, God. Um... Definitely going in between, oh man, he's like, oh fuck, he's gone for good, or he's gonna find a way to get out of this like he always does. Yeah, you have that anxiety, right? Like you're kind of waffling back and forth between those two mm -hmm. possibilities. You're trying to rationalize, like, no, he's gonna be fine. Yeah. You feel that same sensation, that dolly zoom sensation, where the cliffside 
starts to pull away almost and everything around you starts to pull away. And on top of that, just to do the old double whammy, your skin, uh, particularly the area around wherever the chip is on your arm at this point, starts to like prick again hard. I'd say this starts to spiral Cassandra into a panic in order to try to combat that feeling of everything pulling away. Start going toward the cliff wall and just kind of like lightly like slamming their fist on it. You promised you wouldn't go. What's going on? Come on. As you do that, not only does the cliff wall start to feel further and further away, every step you take feels exhausting. Like it feels like you're walking forever to get there. And as you start to do that, the pricking around that chip gets even worse. Do you pick at it? No, Cassandra is trying to resist against it and like really just mostly trying to ground themselves by talking to themselves, but also feeling that panic. I don't want to be alone. Come on, Dane, come on, where are you? Okay. As you're pushing through, eventually you get to the cliff wall. And we talked about earlier, you know, there was that feverish sensation, right? Um, When you were driving the thing out. That sort of wells up again, and you feel like you're not going to make it. And then your hand touches the cliff wall, and the pricking dies down a little bit, and the cliff wall seems closer. You don't feel quite as tired. You do sort of weirdly feel like... You know how it is when you hear white noise, right? And then it stops and you didn't mm-hmm. even realize it was there. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. And you bang on the you bang on the wall. You feel like something is yeah. gone a little bit or dormant. Cassandra starts to feel like tears well up at the corner of their eyes. Cause they're alone in the woods. Dane's not here. Dane Dane, Dane was just pulled into into the cliff. They don't know what to do, so they're just pressing their hands against the cliff wall or, like, slamming their hands against the cliff wall, trying to see if it'll open up again. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll actually cut from that real quick. Ashton, you are driving up to try... I don't think you know exactly where to meet them, right? You just know they're somewhere up in the woods. Is that correct? He was just told to go to the woods. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were. he was given an exact location unless that was actually said in the last episode. I don't think we specified. Yeah, we didn't really say where we were. We just know that it was uh, woods uh, around, not the main entrance. We didn't specify direction. Yeah, it's going to be hard to find. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But the other question I had for you, Ashton, is I picture that the woods are sort of a little further out of town versus where your house is. Kind of your house is sort of in between the woods and the town. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. So then I envision as you head back from the town into the woods, you could stop by your home. And the only reason I'm going to say this is you know now that the Greenleaf folks at least knew where your stuff is, which might imply they know where your house is. Is there anything you go back there and you're like, I need to add extra security, I need to grab Slurpee, anything like that? He does pull by his house, and uh, he will uh, get out of the car and look around, just make sure that nobody's already set up around his house before heading in. Okay, Juan, that's a read about situation roll then. So eight. Okay, that's an eight. So you get to ask me one question. Oh, no, I get to do plus cool. So that's actually... Right, yep. Ten. Yep, so you get to ask me three questions then. Awesome, okay. So what I am going to ask is, is there danger that I haven't noticed yet? I I might give you mostly a negative thing on that because I think I'll give you some reassurance that they haven't been by yet. I guess what I will give you then, they haven't been by yet. You don't know if they know where you're staying. The fact that you drove your car off 
um, you don't know this for sure, but probably given how ubiquitous the vans were, there's a decent chance they would have known at least the general direction you went. So if they didn't know where your house was before, they will probably be able to figure out. And that's the other thing. Your, your car is bright red. It's not hard to find. <laughs> so that's a potential danger there. Okay. What's my best way out in case like someone pulls up and I want to get out without being seen? Yeah. I'm trying to think. So the Winnebago's there, Cass is not there, the hot rod is there. I mean, you, you answered this for me. Do you have other modes of transportation besides just your feet? His hands. Okay. All right. I guess the other thing I'll ask is, does this house have any type of escape, you know, exit anything, like a tunnel built in, anything like that? There is a way out through the room that we didn't explore, though that requires magical stuff. So I probably have to roll for that. Okay, so then I think that's probably... So something like that would be your best way out. In lieu of that, you would just probably need to not, you know, drive the big, bright, loud red car. Okay. So he's going to go inside, and he's going to call for Slurpee and have her, like, come... There you go. All right. Yeah, all right. So, let's see. Where did I keep that book? And he will will go to the study area. Yep. He will look around the books, and he's looking for a specific one uh, that is unmarked and unlabeled, and it's just like a brown, raggedy journal-like thing. Okay. And he's going to grab a handbag that's in the room, and he's going to put that book in there. He's going to grab, like, a few more in there. Okay. But he's being very particular about what he's putting in there. All the ones that he's putting in are like unmarked, unlabeled. They don't have a name on the cover. And then he will walk over to the area that has the fireplace and he will reach around onto the side because it's like a brick. It's a brick fireplace, so like it extends outward on the wall. And so he feels like the bricks on the side and then like feels like the one that's kind of loose and he like pulls it out and it's a hollow brick and he pulls out a wad of cash and slides it back in. Yep. And he throws that in the bag as well and he throws that over his shoulder. And then he goes into his room and he looks around for a bit. No one left anything in the house, right? I mean, Dane brought his stuff with him, so... All Tempest stuff is in the Winnebago, but I think the Winnebago is still parked up up back. Yeah, Winnebago is still parked. Um, He'll check his room for anything important. He will look around. He'll see the, like, picture of him, like, baby Ashton on the wall. And, like, he'll, like, go, like, huh. I forgot that was there. And then he'll just turn around. You're doing it to yourself now, man. (laughs) Trying to seize control of the narrative. I admire that. He turns around and goes out, and then he walks into his mom's room and proceeds to grab any paintings or photos that are in the room that include him and his mother. Okay. And he will throw those into the bag as well. It's a big bag. Um, I said a handbag. It, it's a, um, what's it called? I'm seeing a satchel in my head. Ashton seems like a satchel kind of guy. Yeah, a satchel is a better way to put okay. it. Okay, got it. He has like this bag like that's like has tons of crap in it. And he looks around. There's nothing really in that house more than just like there is lots of art. Okay. And in his head, he's like, I'll come back for you. Um and then he heads down the hallway and he goes to the very far room on the right past the study and he grabs the door handle he twists it and it's like it's locked and he's like like an expression appears on his face and he's like oh shit yeah and so like he's just like fucking with this door for a second and trying to open it there's no like lock on it like not any that he had ever noticed on the 
in, outside, and so he's just just like fucking with this door for a bit. Um, is there is there anything else like that you wanted to put in? I guess the only thing I'll say is technically you have one more question to ask if you want to. Okay, what's my best way in? <laughs> to the door. <laughs> to the door <laughs> all right uh i'll give you another fun detail since you're playing into it with me yeah i'm actually gonna give you this is gonna be a little bit of a fun info there, there's you're trying to play with the door and then you remember that your mom always kept this spare key to the room behind not one of the paintings you took but behind one of the paintings and it's weird because she kept it there because that painting was particularly important to her and you always remembered it that way and yet for some split reason you couldn't remember that and you're like oh i must have you know slip of the memory or whatever and you get the key okay so he goes to get this the key and he like lock he throws it into the lock and it finally opens because like he was expecting it to be unlocked but so he steps into this room and basically there is no defining feature to this room there is no windows there is no carpet or like furniture or anything it's like plain sheer surfaces all around and he steps in and it's just like fucking circles of runes on every single surface and he just like steps in and he checks everything out for a second all the runes kind of seem to like meet in like the center of the room but he's just checking everything out, making sure everything's all right, um, and making sure that nothing's uh, been tampered with. But he's guessing, since the door was locked, that everything should be fine. Yep. And so he steps out and he goes back to the front door to leave. Okay. He locks the door behind him. Do you take Do you take Slurpee? Yeah, he just gets Slurpee back in the car and he begins to back out. Okay. Yeah, you don't see any Greenleaf folks for the time. You be, you figure in the hour they probably haven't been able to totally track you down, so you're probably okay for a little bit. So Tempest, you and N are in cast. The plan wasn't for you to go meet up with the other two. Um, mm-hmm. So Emma's like, all right, so where are we going now then? We've got a couple leads. We could drive up to Lookout Point, probably make a little day trip there and come back in the evening and have that done. Yeah. Lookout Point first or Gus Stevens first? Hmm. I'd prefer we do Lookout Point and get that out of the way, get the map thing done. If you think that's the best call, I'd trust you on it. Yep, I do. Um, okay. And uh, she seems, seems definitely much happier with that choice. So the two of you are driving. You guys are maybe like an hour away from Lookout Point slash Rock City. And are you talking about anything on the hour drive up? I imagine the two of you have been a lot more talkative of late. Hmm. I think just maybe generally, like, uh, Tempest has not been in this area before, so they might ask if M has and what they think of it. Um, yeah, no, I've uh, been down here a few times for different jobs. Uh, I, uh spent a good chunk of my uh, time growing up on the west coast so I kind of mostly there um, in case you couldn't tell dude uh, <laughs> no I uh, I've been here a bit I uh, she kind of has like a little bit of a somewhere between a smirk and a rueful smile I do actually know a couple folks down here anyone we might see uh, I kind of hope not. Not. What do you mean? Not. Not Monster Hunter bad stuff. Just regular people bad stuff. I mean, ah. k- kind of Monster Hunter bad stuff, but like, 
regular people bad stuff with the monster hunter bad stuff kind of on top of it if that makes any sense it's her parents <laughs> baseline people being dicks yeah i mean i guess they're still mostly people i don't know how he feels about it at this for the, point for the sake of for the for the sake of clarity with speech not 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 to go into the moral implications or whatever yeah yeah for sure um yeah no he's he's fine he's just kind of uh he's he's just uh is uh, yeah it was it was a mess um but it's it's fine he's he's chill we occasionally see each other once in a while um when i'm down here he's actually uh is useful occasionally um yeah uh what about okay so okay so you got a call from your like uh, the the bigger nerd who's in charge of you, the smaller nerd, right? That is a way of phrasing it, yes. You know, not going into the ethical implications of it or whatever. <laughs> yes, I did. So, so you you saw, right? We talked about this like a, a week back or whatever uh, in Smithage. You you saw some shit or something, right? Yeah, basically. And she thinks I'm crazy. They often do. That's why I usually don't bother mm-hmm. telling them. Mm-hmm. What? They, 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 they're just, like, staring out the window for a second, like, probably a better idea. Yeah. Also, um, I know I kind of joked about it last night. I, uh, so you, are you, like, the only one of us that doesn't have a tragic backstory? That's got to feel weird, right? Oh my god. Tragic backstory? Yeah, like every monster hunter's gotta have like a tragic backstory or something. What 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 does that entail? Like 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 in movies? I mean, I don't know. Did you break like a favorite beaker or something once? You can work with that maybe. <sighs> I'm afraid that I don't have favorite beakers, but if I did, it would have been possible, I guess. So you uh, just no. So you just got nothing. You're you're just fine. Yeah. Huh. I just <laughs> want to find things. I just want to find things like what I saw. I wanted to learn about them. It's. It's. They they stumble over their words a second, and it's like, you know, when I was when I was a kid. I thought that the ocean, even though it was deep, that we knew everything about it, right? And when I grew up and I started learning about it, I learned that we know fucking nothing about what's down there. And that's fascinating. And I love that. And that's why I decided to do what I did. And now there's a whole world, a whole subset of the universe that people haven't studied, that people don't know about, that we know, again, literally nothing about and that's great that that's what's cool about this to me yeah it's great until one of those things you know nothing about does try to kill you then it's less than great yes i'm rather sad that most of them appear to be murderous uh i I was hoping for like you know just things doing their thing as animals are want to do don't animals usually kill things Yes, but only sometimes people. Well, that's true, but like that's usually just because we're 
bigger, smarter than them, and that's mm -hmm. not always the case with this shit. Very fair. I still don't... I'm not even going to go into how impossible that thing in Smithage was, because, you know, magic, whatever. I don't know how the rules of magic work. But yeah, no, like, I, I figured that much out. But I mean, I was kind of at first. I was worried you didn't know how the rules of knives worked. So magic seemed like an upgrade. They they give them like a minute, like a look, and then just continue on. But like, I have no idea how the hell something like that would ever exist. This doesn't make even a modicum of sense. Yeah. Which is again very interesting, but. Guess it's dead, so not really gonna get any of those questions answered. Yeah, you can look at Dane's orb if you want to. Mm, Dane's what? Oh yeah, Dane's got an orb. You didn't see Dane's orb? I can't decide if this is a euphemism. I mean, most of the time with me it is, so actually I can't blame you on that one. But no, he's just he killed the thing, and apparently we got a cool orb. It's Zelda rules, you know Zelda rules, right? I ne I never played it. You're a nerd, and you've never played Zelda. What the hell is wrong with you? I, my parents. I am really taking away like your nerd badge. <laughs> my parents were really into like being unplugged when I was a kid, so I never got into it until they, you know, sort. And by the time my little brother came around, and they were, they got out of that. Oh, so there's your tragic backstory. Your parents were hippies. There we go. <laughs> my name's Tempest. Um. Oh, yeah, okay. Was it that hard to figure no, out? No, okay, I, you know what? I deserve that one. That one's fair. <laughs> and I think I think the two of you, yeah, uh, that have this kind of banter <laughs> just, just back chat. and forth. Yeah, this is adorable, and I love this. And I think if it's okay, we're going to kind of cut uh, the two of you walk out on top of Lookout Point at this point. You can see an incredible view around you. All right. So... There's no one else around, I'm going to say, just for the sake of this, at least for the immediate time being. Then she holds up the map and she's like, all right, we did it. Do the thing now. Nothing happens. What, <laughs> what, what thing? I don't know. I mean, I better not want more of my blood. I don't want to give it more of my blood. Um, I don't know. It's supposed to like... Do, what? I mean, like... Are, are we all going to donate to the cause here? What what does it need? <laughs> um, blood packed. Blood packed. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, give me give me a sec. I mean, I. You know, Tempest would be like, you know, how many diseases you can get from that. <laughs> well, you know, it is occurring to me now that we probably should have spent less time discussing your tragic hippie backstory and more time figuring out what the fuck we were going to do when we got here. Um. How'd you make it work last time, besides blood? Uh, oh, so last time the riddle said, uh, sear me and it's unmasked light. So we figured we needed to hold it up against the light, and that worked. So we got it right in one go, which was pretty helpful. Okay. This time it said, go and seek the sweeping view, and we've sought it. We are, mm -hmm. we are seeking it, and nothing is happening. Oh boy, sure has been sought. I mean, the first lines, five plus two watchmen. We haven't done anything with those yet. Well, it's the C seven states, right? We're supposed to see the seven state. Oh, hmm. Oh, interesting. All right. Um, uh, point it towards the mountain we're looking at. <laughs> So you're on a mountain, uh, and I guess you're trying to point... When you say point it towards the mountain, what are you referring to? 
um, the mountain, like, I had, yeah, there, I didn't ask this question. Is there a mountain near the Bearskin Mine? Technically, you're on top of it in a way at this point. Your, your lookout peak is going to be kind of near where this mine is. I would have to look a little closer at the topology of the area to be able to answer that. But there would be other mountains around you, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, where, or face it down, maybe? Where else would a mountain's heart be? She looks down. Nope. Nothing. Do, do you want to try blood again? Like, I mean, can we try at least two or three other things first? <laughs> I, I'm willing to donate blood for this, if necessary. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Um, um, hmm. So, Tempest, are you? what are you going to try to do here? Hmm. God, Tempest knows nothing about magic, too. Yeah. I mean, this is what you can definitely do something to roll investigate a mystery, but you have to tell me what it is you're doing. I can't just give you stuff off of a roll. Yeah. I'm assuming we're at like, you know, like a, like an observation deck. Yep. You're at an observation deck. Yeah. I think they definitely like walk the length of it, try and get a handle on what everything looks like. If there's any weird or any weird sort of... Yeah, your case in the words, joint. Words, Right? You're trying yes, to find anything yeah, that looks yeah. out of place or magical or strange. Yes, thank you. Okay, go ahead then and roll Investigate a Mystery as you case the joint. Sharp. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay. That's an 11. All right, look at you, you smart little critter. You get to ask me two questions. Wonderful. Hmm. I'm... Between what can it do or what is being concealed here? We're going to go with what is being concealed here first. Okay, so... Just so that I know, you're, are you looking, are you feeling around anything? Are you touching anything? Are you trying to, like, how, what are you doing? I think they would, like, run their hands along the rails as they do it, but mostly looking and, yeah, mostly just looking. Okay. You're looking around at, there's a big stone, big old stone that is labeled with this text at the bottom, C7 States. And it has the directions and the distance to look to see all different seven states. And when you get over there and you run your hand along it, M goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And you look over and the map is kind of shaking in her hands a little bit. I, I think whatever you, you did, it likes what you're doing. Uh, keep doing it then? I mean, I feel kind of weird telling you rub the magic rock to make the map vibrate, but... Em, I swear to God, if there's a genie, I'm going to be angry. I'll I'll be angry, too. We can be angry together. Um, And she uh, comes over and looks, and it starts to vibrate more, and then she sets it down flat on the stone, and then this is what happens, is the map almost seems to melt into the stone and then the whole stone sort of takes on this weird you remember how i talked about a dane i described to you how the map took on like a fleshy appearance at one point um the whole stone actually does that a little bit now and the lines which were blazoned in kind of black lettering are all now red kind of like the rest of the map like blood sort of floating on the surface all right that's gross um all right so that's a start uh, Did it do that before? Not on this scale. 
I don't remember giving it this much blood, which is weird. Um. Huh. Yeah. Okay. The map is bleeding. Uh, so what's your second question? <laughs> hey, would where did it go tell us where to go? Where did it go? Um, I will be somewhat selective interpreting that. Maybe, uh... Yeah, we can kind of fudge. We can fudge that yeah. maybe a little bit. I think that that'll work. Um, in terms of where, I guess in terms of where did the map go, it went inside the rock. Yeah. But the other thing that you, you'll you notice, when you look out, you see that the map actually, if you look down, uh, it has shifted. And it's actually, again, a view of the local area, except it kind of looks like one of those, you know, maps with the, the state lines drawn. And the state that you're in, Georgia, is already like some blood has filled it in. And then as you, you look across, you look over to your left, and then Tennessee fills in. And then as you guys kind of look around to your right, then Alabama fills in and, you know, and, uh, huh. South Carolina. The ones that have not filled in, I'm going to say, are Kentucky and Virginia. And if you were to look at that marker, you would see that they are 120 miles away. And you look out, and the other thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna give you, I'm kind of okay. trying not to play too much Calvin Ball with what I'm gonna give you, but this would be obvious for you to see. I think it is a little bit of a foggy day, just it's not a perfectly clear day. So it has to be within visual range, as, as far as I can see. That that's what I'm putting together. Yep, that is fair. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, please, please tell me we did not come all the way here just to have to come back like on a clear day. Um. I mean, I don't suppose do, do, you do we need what? Do we need the others? Wow, you got really dark there, bud. No, the I, other I mean, states. I kind of, you know, oh, I mean, it's not probably it says the seeks the five plus two. So I'm guessing these are the five and she kind of gestures and then those are the two and she points to the Kentucky and Virginia. Um, all right, so it sounds like we need, uh, we need, either we need to come back tomorrow or, oh God. Oh, I really don't want to have to do this. Um, unless you know someone who can like control the weather. I, I don't I think so. I kind of do actually. Sort of, at least. They, he, I mean, they stop <laughs> just for a good five seconds processing this. Weather wizard. No, it, it's, it's, it. it's the guy I mentioned earlier. Um, uh, he, he's not, he is not a weather wizard. Please don't tell him. It'll go straight to his head. Um, he okay. just, he just has, okay. So I, I steal shit, right? Like we've established that part of things. Yes. Okay. I noticed. So when you, when you steal shit, um, a lot of times you may not always be the person who, who, who sells it, right? You have what's called a fence, which is the person you give the thing, and then the, they move it somewhere else. I have seen movies, yes. Go on. Okay, well, I wasn't sure, dude. I, you didn't even know what knives were for a bit. You, you don't get to do that. I know what knives are. <sighs> okay, so, so he, he, he is my fence. He has a lot of stuff. Probably, if I call him, he, he lives in the area. He could probably actually get here kind of quick. He's gonna give me a big fuss about it, though. It's actually, he's probably, yeah, whatever. He's just kind of a lot. Okay, so. Are we gonna do that? 
Uh, yeah, I guess we are. Just give me a sec. Is there anything I should know? Um. Anything I should or shouldn't say? No, just let me. I mean, he's just. Uh, no, no, just brace yourself. Okay. All right. She gets out her, whips out her phone, and she kind of steps away for a little bit to like get a little bit of privacy. And she she dials a number and sort of is tapping her foot, rather um, annoyedly. And then we'll cut from there. We've been doing a lot of solo stuff, a lot of long solo scenes. Cassandra, are you still just kind of feeling alone and and just hopeless? Starting to get a little more furious at this point. <laughs> kind of lifts in their own panic for a moment before it clicks into their head that they have a phone. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and we'll attempt to... Man, she doesn't want to call anybody but him. <laughs> I know, I know. Nobody? Okay. No, doesn't... No, no. You, you guys, you guys have, don't have a high enough friendship level. <laughs> Ow! Not surprised, but a little hurt. <laughs> okay. Um, but, um... As long as Dan and I are bros. <laughs> <laughs> we'll... Call Ashton. Okay. Hell yeah. All right, so I guess he's driving in the oh, fucking no, car. Oh, cri- no, so critical good. question, because you established as a Tempest, what is Cassandra's ringtone? <laughs> oh, uh, Cassandra's ringtone like is... Theme. No, it's the theme song for uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he picks up uh, with Slurpee sitting in the passenger seat next to him. And uh, he picks up and he goes, Hey, what's up? We have a problem. All right, what happened? Dane got sucked into a mountain. Huh. Like, like he fell into a hole? No, 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 no. The wall opened up and he got pulled in. Oh, so he actually got eaten by the mountain yes uh, all right uh has he popped back out yet I take no. it not. Uh, so that must mean he's still in the mountain ah well uh i'm on my way anyways to the mine so uh i imagine you guys are pretty close yeah green corpse in front of the mine oh, of course they are oh, uh, just please i all right I don't know exactly where I am, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, open up your phone. Uh, do you have an Apple or an Android? <laughs> oh, all right, so this is now tech support with Ashton Gren. God He'll help you for as long as he can remember what a phone is. <laughs> uh, Android. I just now realized Ashton has a last name. Go okay. on. Okay. <laughs> Go under Google Maps, and uh, you can send me your exact coordinates. Right, right. Through the share um, thing. Just text me that. I will uh, show up soon. i got Slurpee with me. So, uh, you know, we got a search dog. <laughs> ah. Uh, but no, seriously, don't, don't, don't worry about it too much. I'm sure Dane is just fine. I'm sure not even a mountain could kill him uh, within the span of 24 hours. That's a lot of faith you have in Dane. <laughs> misplaced but 
appreciated. Yeah. So Ashton, you're going to be heading to meet up with Cassandra then, right? Yeah. We're going to cut briefly back now. Dane, the last thing you remember is, is O'Connell telling you to get that checked out. And then you try to open your eyes and everything is just black. What do you do? Dane will give himself a moment to adjust to the darkness. And then if that doesn't change anything, uh, Dane will slowly try to set up. Okay, I'm going to give you two things real quick. One is that you actually do see a little bit of light. And if you you look, you realize that it's coming from the eye on your left hand, which is open and glowing again, a deep, dark red. And the other thing that I'll notice is that you actually don't have to try to sit up because you're already walking. Dane will um, stop walking. You don't. And... You can't. Oh, well, Dane will be frustrated that he can't and be like, what the fuck? As you start to try to resist, it starts to dawn on you that you are currently not in control of your own body. Dane does not like this. And uh, can he, like, turn his head at all or, like, anything? Um, or is it... I think you're going to have to give me... I'm going to say an act under pressure to do that. Uh, that is a seven. Okay. Or no, that's a, that's a nine. Sorry. Okay. But it is still the same. Same diff. Um, so yeah. you're able to kind of turn your head and body long enough to get a glimpse of what's happening. Uh, the light kind of casts behind you, and you actually see that you are marching with more of those coal humanoid objects behind you. You're, you just get a little bit of light in the dark. And then as your hand sort of pivots around as you know you feel like this pull to keep going back as your hand pivots around you're actually able to get a little bit of a look at it as some of the light bounces off of the cave and you, you see that your whole arm is the same as as them it is this coal covered like uh or or just made of coal uh shape you hear what sounds like um something in the dark it sounds like all of you are dragging something behind you what the fuck yep uh, mm, so, I can't, can I get a, I can't get like a better look, huh? No, but I think you can hear it now, and as you listen in, I guess, um, you could roll me a quick investigative mystery to see like how well you can try and orient yourself to hear what it is or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you said. <sighs> hey, look at that. I'm actually rolling good. That's a, an 11. Okay, so you get to ask me two questions. What kind of sort of creature is it, if anything? Are you talking about the thing, the thing you're pulling behind you? Yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you, it's not a, it is not a creature, but as you hear it start to clang, you realize that you're dragging, um, and I think maybe even you, you feel something beneath your feet, you realize that you are dragging what must be some type of mine cart along a mine rail down the tunnel. Okay. Um, I guess... Uh... I guess, what can it do? Like, what's going on with the minecart? What are we dragging behind us, really? Okay. You know? As you're dragging it, there's a little bit of a bump or whatever and jostle, and you hear in the back of it, it it's weird. It just sounds like coal in the back of it. You are literally dragging a minecart full of coal. Dane, in this moment, is realizing that his worst fears have been imagined, and he has been reduced to menial labor uh, far beneath his, uh, his own... Yeah. Uh, his own pride, and uh, this is incredibly damaging to him. And now, within whatever realms of possibility that Dane uh, has, uh, Dane is going to do everything he can to fight whatever's controlling him or everything, so he can just fuck shit up and leave, if uh, he can. Okay. 
Um, this is what I will get. I, technically, I had you roll act under pressure for this, but I will, um, you're trying to, in this case, you're trying to really push it away. So this would be banish a spirit. So this would be use magic. Okay. That is a 10. You feel this presence leave you, uh, and you, you feel again that you have control over your body. Your body hasn't changed back, though. It still is, and if you feel over it, you'll still f- sort of feel. I think sensation is weirdly dulled, too, while you're in this form, but you, you still are a humanoid made of coal, but you do have control over this body now. And I think sensing that you've stopped, you feel a couple of her arms in the dark try to try to grab at you, as if you've gone out of line. What do you do? Since nobody's here, and it's just Dane, and Dane's pride has already just been wounded because of this horseshit that's been going on. Yes. Can Dane go a little bit more full monster? Like, I mean, how we'd, sure, like, I'm not gonna stop you. I mean, like, I mean, like, really lean into it more than he has yeah. in a while. And by that, you mean less about, you know, your physical appearance or your abilities and just, like, just your how you're fighting, right? Yeah, just kind of, like, in this case, just letting the whatever is inside him loose. Because yeah. whatever, he whatever he can do right now, he can't rely on his own stuff, so he's going to full lean into whatever he's got inside him and let that take over for a little bit. Okay, um, roll me a kick some ass. Uh, another 10. Goddamn, okay, you get to pick one extra effect. Suffer less harm, because I, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> okay, so remind me how much harm you, you, and what are you fighting with, I guess, uh, uh, at the, what, uh, depends on what he has on. If he still has his stuff on him, I, I don't know. He'll probably take the hammer because that'll probably be the most I'm useful gonna thing if he has it on. I'm going to say that at least at the moment you don't have your stuff on you. So you would have, um, you would have the mouse though. Would you use the mouse right. then? Dane's just going to start eating some coal, okay. I guess. So as a fun bit of flavor, when the mouths open up, it doesn't sound like that fleshy scar. It sounds like rock cracking open now, but the mouths are still there. And they're Dane internally. I hate this. <laughs> uh, the other thing you would notice is all of the eyes are still glowing that dark red. And because remember, Dane, um, y- you have just sort of come out of this memory. You just start chomping away at some coal, but your co-workers, so to speak, your fellow miners, they start to unload on you and start to like hit you down, start to try to beat at you and just mob you. And you take two harm from that, but I think it's probably not even going to affect you because you just heal a bunch, don't you? I just healed that, yes. They managed to, like, still beat at your body. Actually, a chunk of your body, like, chips away a little bit. So you're going to take minus one ongoing for the next just little bit as a, as a harm move. Okay. However, you manage to just smash a few, and then they begin to start to reorganize, and a few of them manage to kind of, like, push you back, and some of them grab the cart and begin wheeling it faster down the line. And then you're able to dispatch the last couple of them and then you're sort of left alone in an empty tunnel now. We're gonna cut back to it's it's a little bit later on top of Lookout Peak and M and Tempest are, are chilling there. <laughs> Alright, he happened to be a little bit He's usually up a little further north, but he happened to be a little bit down south this time doing something. Um, so he should be here soon. Okay. Yeah, he'll probably make some dramatic entrance, hopefully. He's lucky there's no one around. 
By dramatic entrance, what do you and mean? And when you say that, <laughs> up from it. the other side, literally over like the top of the dome with the C7 states on it, something flies up. And you could look at it. It is a humanoid form, but that's probably the most human part about it. It has, I guess I'll say he. He has is a short, shorter guy, and he's got this head with these kind of fuzzy, they look like antenna, and... No, you didn't. No. He's dressed in like a, a brown leathery jacket. He looks a little bit utilitarian, but out of his back are coming these big, big leathery insectoid wings. And he lands. Oh, hey, uh, hey there, babe. How you, how you doing over there? Oh, is this you made a new friend? Jimmy, Jimmy, please, this is just business. Can we just make this quick? Oh, my fucking God. Oh, no, you know I love to make, uh, no way I always love to make new friends. And he extends his hand to you, Tempest. Hey there, the name's Jimmy Garbanzo, Mothman extraordinaire. <laughs> God, you fucking want to die. <laughs> I knew it. This like embarrassing ex's moth man. Many times can I joke about being a monster fucker and it's still funny. I think I'm hitting my limit.